Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 104 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And the minute's going to start out with Barry, Bruce, and Diana uh, meeting on the tarmac and looking up at the bat signal um, over the city of Gotham. And the minute's going to end with scene change. Uh, Mira kind of directing other Atlanteans um, to swim away from this uh, stronghold that we got here. Yeah, doing a, doing a bit of that trilling that we've uh, discovered that they, <laughs> that they do in this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's a Star Trek person. Oh, uh, Trill? Race, yeah. Oh, Trills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Trill! But it's also like a rap thing. So, where to start with this one? Um, because there's a lot to talk about with the Atlantis scene and Mera. Um, but we have just a little bit of the Gotham scene uh, with Barry, Diana, and Bruce. And this is going to bleed into the whole Gotham Harbor bit. So they see the bat signal. They're going to now, as a team, go talk to Commissioner Gordon at this at this bat signal. Uh, the bat signal here, especially. I mean, this is the whole joke here is where Barry Allen says, "Oh yeah, that's that's your signal. We should go." Um, it's a cool symbol. Uh, we we saw it in in Dawn of Justice. We've seen that bat signal. Uh, I was my question to you was going to be like, what do you think of the bat signal? Because obviously it looks really cool. It's really nice to see it. Um, I've seen other versions. Obviously, we've all seen other versions of it. We've seen like really like CGI. Like, okay, that's that's a visual effect of of a bat symbol in the sky because it, it it obviously wouldn't look like that. We've seen the Nolan verse uh, bat signal, which is like. It, you can hardly tell it's a bat, but I guess that's the whole point of it, of how realistic it looks. And well, it, no, it's because the the thing is so small on the... Yeah, it's just there's... The, the mechanics of it is like it has to exist practically. And this one does. Um, <clears throat> the Nolan one mechanically should work, but I think the symbol is just like too small or too it's thin. like too... It's too thin to have like the... Um, the head is too narrow to actually make out what it should be Um, because you don't get like pointed ears or whatever but with this one because it is so thick it translates very well to that that negative space that we see that makes up the bat signal yeah um i love it i think it's great uh i think the bat symbol i i don't really necessarily like it um from frank miller and that whole and maybe I just don't like it on that, like, just just wide Batman. Um, but when it is on, like, a practical Ben Affleck chest, like how he does have his, you know, big chest, Dawn of Justice style, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how it's flush and fits nicely and that it's fat. I mean, it's it's cool. It's different than, like, a black and yellow symbol, like what I'm used to, you know. Yeah. Keaton style or whatever. Um, and it also like has the uh, Scott Snyder esque 
color tones to it that I enjoy very much from New 52. Yeah, the grays and blacks on it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's really cool. The, uh, the symbol itself, love it. And I do enjoy that people in-universe know what it is and know what it means. Especially Barry Allen, coming from a completely different city, knowing that the bat signal caused the Batman, which is a superstitious vampire man that beats up criminals, you know? Yeah. Um, it kind of plays into the fact that it could be seen as just like an intimidation factor used by the GCPD. You know, we see Cyborg mention, it's like, I didn't think you were real. And yet the bat signal exists that was... and that's a real thing that you see every mm-hmm. night. It's like, how can you have that question when you see that? Oh, it could just be an intimidation factor used by the Gotham City Police Department. Whatever. They're just, they never grew out of Halloween. So they're still just sticking to that whole boogeyman's going to get you. Yeah. And, um, and there's so many cities in real life that, that celebrate their cryptids that they're, that they're known for. We were just talking about the Mothman and, and the Jersey Devil. And there's so many places that do that, um, that celebrate, you know, their folklore. And Batman here is that. So when they shine it in the sky like that, like whether people believe in the Batman or not or how they believe the Batman, it's like this city is known for showing that light in the sky. And so it almost becomes an attraction to it. What I never saw was the giant Ace Chemical sign in the back that you have it paused on here, which this is, you know, you have foreground character pointing up to the sky with the big bat signal in the clouds and an Ace Chemical and on a cityscape. That's Batman right there. I mean, nail on the head. Missing a few Zeppelins, but, you know, we'll get there. Always missing a few Zeppelins, Mark. We will always miss Zeppelins when we talk about Batman. I don't think it's ever going to come back. People don't don't get it. We got to make our own. Yeah. (laughs) They're missing it out. They're missing out. You guys are missing out. They got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to put those blimps in the sky. Um, And... Apparently, people still fly blimps because we see them. We saw them here in Orlando. I mean, I see blimps often in Orlando, but we we saw one about to take off on a runway, and it was just like wow. About to take off, it was advertising the MTV movie. No, MTV Music Awards, MTV Music Video Awards, uh, the VMAs, which are premiering as of we're recording this uh, tonight. Actually, really. Yeah, one hundred percent. I just that's why I kind of wanted to say that, just because they were doing the, were you if we were if you go down to Orlando tonight, the MTV VMA blimp will be going. I wonder if there was another. They were probably flying it at like a UCF game or something this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that MTV blimp is uh flying flying strong in the city this week. You can also see this Ace Chemical. Uh, what is this called? What do you call that sign? Ace Chemical sign? Neon sign. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I don't know if there's an actual term for for that. It's such a big sign for a building. Um, Would it be a marquee? Yeah, probably. Probably. Maybe that's the correct term. Um, you see it in the beginning of the death of Superman in the prologue as his voice echoes through Gotham City. And as it combs over Gotham City, there is an Ace Chemical. So you have to look for it. It is down in there. Um but that's just, you know, another, you know, you have to look for it. Um, but, yeah, here we see it, and it's, it's it's this huge block shot of Barry in the left, Diana down here in the bottom right corner, Ace Chemicals right there in the center underneath, and then right directly 
right upstairs is the Batman symbol signal in the sky. And um, I don't know. Does it have to be cloudy to show the Batman signal? Like, does it have to be like, oh, no, it's a clear sky. The light will not, you know, it has to hit off the clouds for it to work. I mean, it's probably always cloudy in Gotham so they can do it. But, you know, just always wondered, like, what if it's a clear day? Will that will that even work? So I don't know. You got no. me. I don't know bad no, signals. No, no, it wouldn't work. <laughs> but that's why it's it's how often do you get a clear day in Gotham? <laughs> exactly. Never, never. Um, if anything, it'll reach off the smog, reflect off the smog. That's what I'm thinking. It's just pollution now. Shine yeah. it over that fucking smokestack. <laughs> that can't shine it over above Ace Chemical. That's what they're. You think like if it's doing. a clear day, then they just shine the same signal like right onto some apartment complex, like right onto the walls. You just be like, yeah, there it is. Who cares who's living there? That's what they did in a uh, Tim Burton. He had like all the like the the set of mirrors that would bounce off the symbol and shine right into the study of Wayne Manor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's let's talk about this Atlantis scene. We're cutting over. We're we're, uh, we're going to see what was going to happen with the bat signal but we're going to cut over to where steppenwolf actually will appear uh, as the parademons get set up in gotham harbor we're cutting over to atlantis now and nate i don't know if you're tired of these uh penetraliums just yet i know we talked about the gotham harbor one there's the pejorative one obviously there's the penetralium in themiscara but here we are again in the atlantis outpost and we have another tall giant building so uh, you're not getting this thing is massive. How do I feel about it? This thing's sca- I'm I I don't understand the scale of this thing because it's underwater, and because of the shot we're getting of it. Um, but like this thing is ma- massive. This is like yeah. a giant coliseum esque area. It's a civilization. It's part of the original this is Atlantis. Like, yeah, this is like a whole main area of Atlantis. It almost looks like they sunk Pompeii. Like down. There's like, like yeah. I guess Pompeii. There's archways. There's roads. It's like there's levels to it. Statues, giant statues. And it's like I want to say like the fish are for scale, but really I can't see the scale on them because some of them are too up close. There's an octopus back there, but the the depth I can't understand it. <laughs> and who knows you know, it's, when you're that far deep, how how big are the animals? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I, I think it's. I, I think the statues are enormous. Um, if you look closer down, you can see what would be what I'm assuming these archways. Well, here's the other thing. I mean, not to get too technical, but as far as humanities go, I mean, people were shorter then, so maybe the statues were big to them, but to us, they wouldn't be as tall question mark we can see here now if you want to if you want to get into evolution atlanteans would have had to have been bigger than real humans because after years of being sunk and all the pressure and everything some of them mutated into fish people or whatever but the real bipedal atlanteans would probably have shrinken due to the pressure of the ocean right so now that they're normal people size atlanteans were probably like the size i mean we saw them in the Age of Heroes fight at their normal size, but but everyone else could have been short. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you would think that Atlanteans would have been a little bit bigger, and then by this time we see them, you know, evolution and whatnot of being underwater would have squished them a little bit. There's there's a there's even shots of like light sources. I don't know if you see this, but there's like headlights going it on. It looks like yeah, it, headlights. Uh, and I, the only thing I'm thinking of is like that's maybe. Mm, Atlantean scouts of some sort like yeah because it looks like the big city is behind them and that's what's giving off like the main light in the background there yeah or at least part of the city um and this is just like on the outskirts you know because they have like the old city and then the new city that we see in the Aquaman movie um so yeah that's it's got to just be you know what you were saying it's old Atlantis and then they just moved new atlantis and built on top of the other ruins um keeping this stronghold way out of the way I mean, look at all that light just pollution. like the cage king orm <laughs> talking about all this pollution the humans are doing how about you don't cast stones when you, you live in uh, water houses right yeah because they'll just sink to, right to the bottom of the basement in yeah. that water house you're gonna have all these rocks in your basement what are you gonna do <laughs> build atlantis on top of that yeah <laughs> exactly it's uh, it's it, there's a lot going on here. Is this is definitely a testament to the visual effects that they've done for this movie. It's very impressive. Um, we're we're seeing this on a computer of you know, a cut down version of it, but now that there's like a 4K physical disc version of this movie, putting that on through a 4K DVD player on a 4K TV, seeing this Atlantis as it is and all that has been generated for it. It's, it's amazing. It's a huge scope. It's a huge environment, fish, water effects, light sources coming in through the water, particle effects, you know, everything that's going on with this is a massive undertaking of visual effects. So much processing has to be done. So many computers have to render every little thing about this because Either it's done completely in CGI or it has to be done on a model that's been scanned or something. But either way, it's a painstaking process to create and populate and detail every little stone that's on this surface. And it's not just like we saw before. It's not just the tower and a couple Atlantean guards and going off that. Like they decided to make this whole underwater ruin you know like we just said like it looks like pompeii and that would take a lot of photo scanning to get something similar to that and then be like all right now we're going to cover it in moss and algae and fish and coral and particles and and water bubbles and now they're putting things like you know uh atlantean guards with 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 headlights light sources and how those lights interact like so much is going on it's it's incredible it's amazing to look at um, but we're gonna we're gonna get a shot here, and this is all CGI as well. But it's this CGI camera movement of we're gonna start with the mother box. This one is starting to freak out, just like the other one did on Themyscira, and we're gonna pan down that spiral staircase that King Atlan walked up to place the mother box on that pedestal, and we're gonna swim down all the way down to the basin of this tower. And we can, we've can we already talked about it, we've, but you see kind of like the porous windows that let the light in 
and we're gonna kind of backtrack through that hallway and then go to like the entrance where the Atlantean guards are and it's such a cool shot because it introduces the mother box but in that same shot we then go to the entrance that's being guarded like you can see it as that penetralium similar to Themyscira where it's like here's the mother box and here's who's protecting it all in one shot and then it ends with that introduction of Mara. So it's a really cool way of just setting up that character. It should be like, here's a mother box, and here's where she is. They're in the same scene because it's an uncut shot. Um, it's just really interesting um, that they did that. And, of course, now... I, oh, go for it, Nate. I was going to say, I just do really enjoy the way that the camera moves through the little hallway. Mm-hmm. The just, I mean, again, it, it shows the scaling of this thing. It's, I'm still confused as shit. I understand that is a massive area um but still it's it's baffling to me that this structure is this big yeah and it's underwater you know and it shows its age you know like um if anyone else would have done it and someone else did do an aquaman movie you see how they've shown atlantis like the new atlantis and how it is where it is very high tech and very advanced technology and then they go to the older part of atlantis that is this that they show in this movie and they show like the difference between the 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 different civilizations of of atlantis and where they're guarding this mother box this was created during that that age of heroes so it's very old and they've kept the medieval look of this part of atlantis and that's the cool part, to think about how people walked on foot through this hallway and, like, um, how do you say, like, they all met up down at the bottom here to watch King Atlan rest this mother box on this pedestal. Yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy when you, can, when you can picture it because you've, you have that context of the history of it. It's not just, like, okay, it's underwater and all this architecture is done because it's underwater it's like no all of this used to live above ground and now it's sunken and now the atlanteans who swim down here have adapted to living with it like how do they operate around such infrastructure um and that's what's so cool to think about it's like back then people there's there's still stairs there there's still walkways all these different things um that's that's what's so interesting about it is that you can trace those steps that thing is so high up. Right? That mother box is so high up on that pedestal. And it's such a tiny mother box for such a massive pedestal. Like, it would have to have been built for. They would have had to have built it for something. Yeah. They definitely built it for this. Yeah. Um, here's Mara. Mara shows up. She starts doing the trailing thing. Um, they... S- they do both, which is or in James Wan's Aquaman, they just speak. They don't have to do the whole trilling thing. They don't have to do the speech bubbles where they do like the air pockets, um, which I think is great. I think that's a great choice for, for a whole movie. You don't want to always have it in a different language, but I think it's cool. And I think only Zack Snyder could get away with it because it's not the main focus of the movie where you can show people communicating in other ways. 
And I think yeah. it's just really awesome that Merritt does speak to them in this trilling voice. I think it's so cool to think about, like, yeah, they have quick commands. They're underwater. They're not going to understand each and every consonant and syllable and uh, vowel that comes out of your mouth. So trilling is the easiest way to get clicks and whistles through, you know, the thickness of water. And as far as, like, sound traveling, like, this is the best way to uh, communicate. And it's it's such a cool idea that at least we have it here just to think about it. It just seems more practical. You know? More practical. That's just a, yeah, it just seems more more thought was put into like why how obviously it's like well how can they talk underwater and someone actually just had to think about like well it's kind of like dolphins Mm -hmm. and that just inherently makes sense and it's like cool why hasn't anybody thought of that before oh just because you know we just assume that you know you talk underwater whatever it's a cartoon you know it's a comic book you can just talk underwater okay yeah and because it's not a comic book like yeah we can do this now because you can't write this on comic book pages either you can, but you, then you'd have to have someone translate it. Yeah. Here, you, you get it. Like, we don't know this language, but we understand the body language. We understand the tone of it. And it's just like watching something in any other language without subtitles. It's like you can infer what is being said, that commands are being given, and, and you understand it. That's what's so cool about it. It's that we don't have to have it in plain English for the audience. We can do the trilling and then we can also do the speech bubbles. And then when James Wan does a whole Aquaman movie, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have to keep that canon of being like, okay, well they spoke this way. It's like, yeah, you can just infer that on your own that they speak this Mm -hmm. way. Absolutely. Just like Star Trek and their universal translators. Yes, exactly. Great point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Um, is Mira sending this guard out to something that is in the distance in the water there? Or what am I, what is that? Am I seeing something incorrectly? I th- is that him? No, I, I think it's like almost like a changing of guards. It's, but it's almost like shift command, like shift command. What am I talking about? Like changing shifts. Yeah. yeah like sending on patrol like shift change yeah, yeah like go go over to this area you're being bumped okay. out go go to this part yeah and like because she's aware her and volko are aware that steppenwolf and apocalypse are searching for the mother box we must prepare for an inevitable attack to reclaim it so she's like all right go over here you're being stationed here go here and you can see them here in this part where it introduces some other box, you can see Atlantean guards are now preparing for an attack, right? They're like, their rifles are focused on the mother box itself. So she's mm-hmm. like pointing at these different um, guards to be, to station them for an attack rather than just keeping this hallway protected. Like that doesn't matter anymore. Now we have to prepare for the actual invasion because it, you know, Steppenwolf's not just going to walk right up through the gates. He's going to, uh, boom tube down of course so that's what that's what's so cool about it and i just can't get over i can't get over like the little details i can't get over like the the air bubbles and the fish and the moving hair like i think that's that's like 
one of the coolest things about this movie and the Aquaman movie is I can watch CGI hair for days. Oh yeah, I thought CGI sure. capes were cool. CGI hair in water, that's that's where it's at. That's the money. That's that's impressive. That's what you should have spent all your Bitcoin on. Yeah, when I think about like when people are like, oh, it's full of CGI this or it's a CGI movie and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, but that CGI hair looked fucking great. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. That's what, like, and now we're getting a second second Aquaman movie. Where they're gonna like, you know, how long has it been? Two thousand. They were filming Aquaman like two thousand seventeen, and now we're having one made now two thousand twenty one. By the time that one comes out, and we have even better computers and CGI, and it's just gonna get so much more cooler. Like, I have to see the second Aquaman movie in theaters because I know it's gonna be such good quality. Um. And I really want to see, I would love to see, you know, this movie in a true 4K format. Like, now that I have the DVD, like, I want to see it. And I want to see what that CGI looks like. Because they finished the visual effects of this movie in 2021. Like, literally five years after it was made. So, it's 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 looking real crispy, you know. It looks fantastic. Um... But that's all I had for this one, Nate. I don't know if there's anything we missed for this. No, I don't think so. Just a change of scene. We're back in Atlantis. Um, Loving something's it. Something's about to go down. That one, that that mother box is cracked, and it's and it's uh, calling out. I I don't think we spoke about Mera's uh, costume just yet, but her armor is fantastic. I know she has a different mm-hmm. costume in the Aquaman movie. That's okay with me i don't you know nothing i think that's that's fair play um but her armor in this one is uh i'm gonna have to like rank these costumes that michael wilkinson comes up with but this one is pretty top tier this is one of the coolest looking armor pieces because her armor itself is like armor pieces on top of armor pieces so when she moves like her belt is like an armor piece, but it also like moves with her body as, as she moves around and swims. And so it's like, it is armor, but it's also able to, uh, shift around. It's, it's the, the quote unquote separation of plates, but they're all stacked on top of each other. So, um, she looks absolutely amazing as far as design of the armor itself. So, With that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And you can also find us on the podcast Doom Patrol Radio, which a new season is coming out very, very soon. We'll be talking about that as well. So definitely check out Doom Patrol Radio. And we'll check you guys out tomorrow for minute number 105 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.